they're ready to go. Okay, right. Well, hello everybody. Thank you for joining me. Um, hello to everybody who's here with me, and hello also to everyone who's listening back on um, on Spotify or whatever. Um, and today we're going to be talking about one of the most fundamental sort of actionable lifestyle changes that everybody um, needs to make sure they've got on top of uh, early doors, which is sleep. Um, not actually necessarily the sort of the most obvious thing when you start to think about making a kind of, if you're, you know, most people here are, are looking to change body composition, not necessarily the first thing you think of. Um, for the most part, people think of um, nutrition, they think of training, um, and actually, as hopefully you'll find out as we go through it, um, you know, sleep is is probably more important um, than both of those if you if you want to sort of get um, you want to get good results and obviously you want to be able to maintain them. So, um, what it is that you need to know today uh, is very simple. You need to have an understanding of what the problem is when we talk about um, when we talk about sleep. So, what what is it that we're up against? Um, we need to talk a little bit about, um, you know, the the sort of the benefits of getting enough sleep versus the the, the sort of the costs of of getting insufficient sleep, um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about those things. But then the most part of what we're going to be talking about is going to be actually what are the sort of pragmatic kind of actionable steps that you need to take in order to make sure that your your sleep is optimal, right? Um, and just before we got on, we were just talking about, um, you know, what, what counts as optimal sleep. We're going to get a little bit into that in terms of sleep tracking. But um, for the most part, most people want to be getting around, as everybody knows, around sort of eight hours of, of quality sleep. The, the key thing for me is if you wake up in the morning and you feel refreshed, then you're getting enough sleep. And if you, uh, if you wake up in the morning and you feel like you want another couple of hours in bed, then there's a good chance you're not getting enough sleep. Um, the more exercise that you do, the more sleep that you'll need. Um, that's 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 a fact. And um, the other thing as well is if you feel like you're getting to sort of the middle of the afternoon and you're, um, you know, you're starting to feel a bit drowsy or you feel like you need a nap, again, big indicator that your, your sleep is insufficient or at least your sleep hygiene isn't good enough. So basically... There is, there is no easy way to sort of objectively determine whether you are or aren't getting enough sleep outside of your own individual um, kind of experience and whether you think that your sleep is sufficient or not, okay? Um, if you make steps to improve your sleep and you feel better, then chances are that you, uh, you aren't getting enough. But what we're going to do is we're just going to quickly outline the, the problem that we're, we're up against with regards to sleep, okay? And the fact of the matter is, is that in the UK, we have a bit of a problem. And that is that everybody is constantly exhausted. And it's it's a big issue. Um, the, the stats are that 16 million people in the UK um, sleep less on average um, than five hours per night. And what that means is not necessarily that they are in bed for less than five hours a night, but it means that they are actually in uh, asleep and, and sort of recovering for less than five hours a night. And that could be because um, people are drinking too much um, sort of in the evenings, which means that they are passing out, but not necessarily sleeping. It could mean things like, you know, you have issues like social issues, like children, stop people from sleeping. Um, you have things like um, a 
sort of a clash of social calendars and you know biological rhythms in the sense that you know you're used to getting up a certain time but you stay up until you know one o'clock in the morning two o'clock in the morning on a weekend um and actually 26 percent of people that are getting less than sort of five hours a night and that is quite extreme to be honest they are saying that their biggest obstacle in terms of getting themselves from where they want to be um uh to you know to where they are to where they want to be is is sleep um and that is something that we need to take sort of we need to be very aware of because sleep deprivation is um is associated with obesity in a really in a, in a big way um basically sleep a lack of sleep has a huge amount of effect on the choices that you make in terms of of your food so for example if you don't get enough sleep then you're more likely to make impulsive decisions uh, you're more likely to crave sugary foods uh, you actually also outside of your impulsive impulsiveness going up your your self-control goes down so your willpower and your ability to control yourself drops um, and then so you're basically going around eating a bunch of stuff that you know you shouldn't be impulsively without being able to stop yourself but then on top of that the way that your body deals with that food also changes as well so um basically you are um you know you're more likely to um uh, your sort of your hunger signals go up which means that you're you're sort of like you're going to continue continue eating that food for longer your your satisfaction signals go down which means that you're going to con again continue to eat that food for longer and when you overeat calories, when you haven't had enough sleep, you are far more likely to store those calories as fat. And then you're also your metabolism, your resting metabolism drops as well at the same time. So we are eating the wrong things. We're doing it with reckless abandon. We are not able to sort of control our hunger. We're not able to stop when we continue to eat. And we're also not able to actually process the extra calories properly and much more likely to store them as fat. So you can see how all these things together are or can be uh, a real, real problem. So that's why when I start, as you all will have seen with this kind of this program, we've got levels. Um, I don't talk about what you eat until level three. Level two is all about portion sizes, but level one is actually getting yourself in a position where you're actually in a good mindset to make a good change. So that includes making sure that you get enough sleep, okay? So there is no point in you thinking about how you're going to eat perfectly all the time, you're gonna be sort of regimented and disciplined if you're sleeping five or six hours a night and if you're doing it regularly, or if you're you know, living on caffeine and you have no, you're in no control, or if it, you know, you're staying up until, you're waking up at 5 a.m. on a weekday and staying up until 3 a.m. on a weekend. It's it's not it's just not going to be able to do it consistently because you're 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 fighting against your body's natural rhythm. So um, that in itself is the problem that we have. And what we're going to go through today is a whole bunch of really, hopefully, he said, useful stuff um, to help you absolutely maximize your sleep, to help you to feel more refreshed to help you to keep your metabolism elevated, to help you recover more quickly, um, you know, keep your, you know, get rid of the brain fog, basically help you to be more creative, you know, all of these things that, that are really, really important. So um, we're going to start with the first one, which is um, one that people often skip past, but one that I think is, is really, really critically important. And that is that if you want to make a change to anything, if you want to make a change to your food, if you want to change, make, a change make a change to your physique, and if you want to change, make a change to your sleep, it's really important that you track it. Okay. So 
that doesn't and, and the thing is is that when i first started in this business um there were no options what you had was is you said to people um you had the old school thing write a journal wake up in the morning how do you feel let's make some adjustments now the amount of technology that you have available to you is absolutely is is incredible okay you can do um here's a couple of examples that you've got um you've got things like an aura ring you've got a, a whoop band i have included the journal on the right hand side because that does still work if you're if you're less techy um but if if this is something that you're serious about and it's something that you think is an issue and it's something you've been sort of struggling with for a long time then i i couldn't recommend something like this enough i tried the um the whoop band and this is an interface the one in the middle is an interface from the whoop band um, and basically it's a wearable piece of tech that you wear with you um you basically wear it 24 hours a day and it will track how many hours of sleep you get it will track the quality of your sleep it will track your recovery status and it will tell you when you need to um, have more or less sleep depending upon how much activity you've done how much stress your body's under um, undergone um, and it, it really does give you an amazing insight into how your body is is coping with the stress that you you have in your life and and, and that can mean stress in terms of things like i don't know personal stress work stress but it also means stress as in stress like lots of activity lots of weight training and that kind of stuff um it really does make it really can make a huge difference um and if it's if it's something you're serious about then then i'd really recommend it okay i think my, my experience of it was that it it validated my um the feeling of the fact that i was i hadn't had enough sleep I was thinking to myself, well, you know, I go to bed at half past nine at night or whatever. I wake up at half past five to go to work, go to the gym. And it was kind of like, oh, I still don't feel, I still don't feel fresh. The phone is telling me, well, actually you didn't need eight hours. You needed nine because you've done X, Y, and Z. You've been training, you know, had a rugby game or whatever. And it's like, actually you need extra sleep. So you, you, it will tell you, you need to take a nap. You need to take an hour off rather than I think I, I've found from just from, you know, talking to people and it's my, my own personal feeling is that, oh, if I'm having a nap in the middle of the day, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you, I, it's being a bit being a bit lazy, aren't we here? Come on, you, you can do better than that. You know, naps are for four year olds. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that if you actually do listen to the app and you do what it tells you to do, you feel so much better and so much fresher. So um, if this is something, as I said, if this is something that you're serious about, Nothing else after this is going to make any difference if you're not actually trying to, if you're not tracking your results in terms of how you're doing. Um, and it can be as simple as writing down how you feel when you wake up in the morning, or you can go into the more detail where it will give you, as you can see here, hours versus needs of sleep, time in, time in bed, sleep performance, how much REM sleep you're getting, all that kind of stuff. It's interesting. Um, it's great. So um, let's, um, let's move on. So that's basically, that's the that's the background of what we need. We need to be tracking if you're going to improve your sleep. All right. Um, the next thing you need to be thinking about is that it's about it's all about being sort of consistent with your with your sleep and wake time. Now, when you're trying to work out your your sleep, you're you're working with three different clocks. Okay, so you have a solar clock, which is um, you know when the sun comes up, when the sun goes down. You have a social clock, which is your own personal needs in terms of where you need to be and when and what you need to be required to do and then you have your biological rhythm okay when you're trying to work out what the best sleep and wake time is for you we need to take all of these into account okay so everybody is going to have 
things going on in their lives which are outside of their control um whereby they are having to get up early than they want to stay up later than they want to etc but if you can set a standard for the the times at which these things are in your control so you can match up the fact that you want to be getting up roughly when the sun comes up ideally i know that's difficult when it's in november and the sun doesn't come up until 10 o'clock in the morning wherever it feels like um but the you want to match that up with the social calendar so for example if you need to get to work at you know nine you need to make sure that you're um you know your uh well actually let's go the other way you basically if you match up with your biological calendar so we can say for example um you may be a morning person you may be an evening person it would appear that most people are more comfortable staying up a bit later than they are getting up a bit earlier that's fairly standard somehow for some reason we seem to continue to glorify getting up at five o'clock in the morning right but the um the if you are an evening person you can organize your social calendar so that you sleep in a bit later and then you train after work, for example, which is actually what most people choose to do. Conversely, if you are find that you're a morning person, you'd be better off not getting up sort of late and going to work and training after work, but getting up earlier and making sure that you're actually doing whatever you can to align because you'll know whether you're a morning person or an evening person intuitively you know when when do you feel most alert is it at 10 o'clock at night or at seven o'clock in the morning it's 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 fairly obvious right um but the it's it's kind of, you have to make sure that you align these these things the last thing with the um with the the sort of the solar calendar is that you have to make sure that you get enough sunlight so you need to make sure that you organize your your sleep schedule around making sure that you do actually are actually exposed to sunlight during the day right in order to make sure that you sleep well and this is going to be a theme that we're going to continue to run as we go through this you need to make sure you wake up well right you can't if you if you don't sleep properly then you're groggy throughout the day you don't really your brain doesn't really wake up then you're going to then get to the evening you're not going to feel like you've created enough what we call sleep pressure which we're going to be talking about later um, and then what's going to happen is, is that you're going to not really fall asleep brilliantly. You're not going to get into a deep sleep. So one of the really good ways that you can make sure that you do wake up properly is that you make sure that you get some sunlight in the morning. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean, mean it needs to sort of look like this. Right. But the it just needs to be you need to be outside. It's not it's not good enough to open a window and look out the window. It doesn't do the job. Right. You'll know the difference because when you do go out the window, go outside, even if it's raining and dark and cloudy, whatever, it's a lot brighter and you get that feeling. So 20 minutes getting outside before work, um, if possible, you know, even if it's only for 10 minutes, even if it's only for five minutes, it doesn't really matter. Just get outside get some daylight before you start your day and you will be a huge amount more alert and you will actually trigger your inner circadian rhythm to, to trigger the cortisol, the sort of adrenaline and all the other ones that come out as well. You know, th those are the things that are going to wake you up and actually make you feel fresh, right? Now, the problem we have is that I've, I've written this one down is that today the sun came up at 10, it's November the 10th. Um, it's the sun came up at 10 past seven and went down at, at 20 past four talking about organizing social calendars when is the time that you're going to be if you have a normal job and you work nine to five whatever when are you going to be able to get out and go for a walk the answer is not after work okay you have to get out before you start work for 10 15 minutes um, and just make sure that you, you you make sure that you get up okay next one we're going to run through all this at the end and give you a kind of like a summary okay so number four is avoid eating or probably more importantly, drinking late in the evening. Now, one of the things that 
I mean, this is really common is you go, people get in, they have a drink or whatever, or people get in late from work and they're having dinner at sort of, you know, nine, 10 at night or whatever, because it's been busy. Wherever possible, try to avoid eating or drinking anything three hours before you go to sleep. Food perspective, one of the things you want to do is you don't want to go to bed with a full stomach digesting. It takes it takes a lot of energy. And basically what you want to do is you want to be in a restful state when you go to sleep. With regards to drinking water or liquids generally before you go to bed, what you don't want to do is drink three pints of water immediately before you go to bed, because then you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you're going to have to go to the toilet, which is going to wake you up. It's going to disturb your sleep. The last thing is drinking alcohol before you go to bed. This is a big one. If at all possible, don't drink alcohol um, sort of any time near going to sleep. All right. Um, I'm obviously not saying don't ever drink alcohol ever, but I'm saying if you can, if you want to improve the quality of a sleeping, the absolute last thing that you want to be doing is making is, is having sort of a glass of wine with dinner an hour before you go to bed. There is a, a I hear this all the time. I don't know, potentially, hopefully at this point, you guys are all well informed, but I hear this all the time, which is that people say, oh, you have a glass of wine, it helps you go to sleep. What it actually helps you do is, is sort of kill your anxiety um, and allows you to switch your brain off so you can become unconscious. It really disrupts sleep. Um, we can address that a different way later, which we'll talk about. It really disrupts sleep and it actually really delays your body um, getting into a, a deep and restorative sleep, okay? Um, the first half of sleep tends to be physical um, restoration more so. Uh, the second half of sleep tends to be your mental restoration. That's what people think, all right? There's lots of uncertainties around sleep science, but that is generally how it seems to be. If you drink and you go to bed a bit squiffed, let's say, what you're actually doing is that you're um, you're basically stopping your body doing the physical re recovery sort of part, um, and you're going to it's going to be much more difficult for you to recover from from exercise. So that specifically is one thing, and also you're just going to get less sleep in general. One thing that you can do to um, to make your your sleep more effective is that you can actually have carbohydrates uh, in your last meal. So a good portion of smart carbohydrates last thing in the day will actually increase your body's ability through a few different sort of sequences. But eventually, you eat carbohydrates, your body produces more serotonin, that will help you to feel good, uh, that will help you to feel relaxed, and then that should help you to fall asleep and get a more restful sleep. So whatever, wherever possible, the, the takeaway point for this one is, try to have sort of dinner a little bit earlier, if possible, um, and make sure that you're really, well, really do everything you can to avoid um, sort of drinking later in the evening. And I would definitely advise anyone away from a regular drinking habit in the evening, but that's, that's a fairly obvious one. Um, next up is the one that, this is the sexy one that everyone likes, which is, but no one does, which is re reduce, um, he says, looking at a big monitor at eight o'clock at night, um, reduce blue light exposure before bed, okay? This one is, um, is really, really straightforward. Everybody does this, right? I reckon, I reckon everybody does this. And this is a big, big issue because one of the things that you're trying to do in terms of your circadian rhythm is produce melatonin. Increased blue light exposure, which is basically looking at a screen, let's call it that, which is kind of a mimic of looking straight into the sun. In the same way that it wakes you up in the morning, it wakes you up in the evening. Um, it actually switches off your body's melatonin, which basically is 
that feeling of where you feel sleepy, but you can't drift off is usually high sleep pressure, which again, we're going to talk about combined with insufficient melatonin because of stress and because of blue light exposure. So first thing to do, I'm, I'm not going to tell you straight off the bat to not look at your phone before you go to bed, because let's be honest, that's a long shot. Let's go simpler. Let's say install a blue light filter on your phone. Now, if you have, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know how you lot do it, but with any Android device, it already has a built-in setting. You do the swipe down thing, you swipe across, it says blue light filter. You can set it so that at 7 p.m. at night, or you can do it to mirror the, um, the, the natural daylight, it turns your screen very slightly orange. It kills the blue light, and that will effectively help to reduce your exposure. Generally speaking, best practice would be no screens 90 minutes before you go to sleep. And I can assure you, if you can pull that off consistently, your ability to actually drift off and fall asleep, if that's something you struggle with, will be massively improved. Generally speaking, do not disturb. We don't want to have ping, 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 whatever it is before you go to bed, because that's going to stress you out. Um, if you are, you know, somebody who needs to be on call all the time, I know there are a few of you amongst listening to this, then what can you do? However, um, do your best to try to limit the number of people that can contact you just before you go to bed. So just the really important ones. Um, and then a really good thing to do is to read a book before you go to bed. Um, read a book, actually have an, um, a, an evening routine. I think personally, something that I like to do is kind of just do a little bit of a tidy up um, before I go to bed, kind of get everything sorted, get my stuff ready for the next day. It takes 10, 15 minutes, but it kind of that in itself is, a, is, a, is an evening routine, which helps me to get into the process of now I'm going to bed. Um, sitting on a laptop and then closing it and then going to sleep that's that's not going to cut it right in terms of a good way to actually help to again fall asleep better um, and this is a simple one which is finish your to-do list firstly if you don't have a to-do list because you're just making things up as you go along then you're always going to feel anxious um, if you don't if you have too much on your to-do list then you need to be nicer to yourself and just make sure that you put enough stuff on there that you can actually get it done if you don't have control of your to-do list, then that's not something I can help you with. However, my suggestion would be make sure that you're communicating that we you know what you're capable of and doing. You want to get to the end of the day and have a feeling of that you've achieved everything that you want to do in that day and that you don't have anything else that you need to concern yourself with because you know what you're going to be doing tomorrow. It all comes back to planning. That in itself can make a huge amount of difference um, when you're sort of trying to go to bed, trying to drift off to have that feeling of I know I've done everything I need to do today and I've got I you know I know what I need to do tomorrow in order to be successful okay um I don't need to tell you anything more than that I'm not going to teach you how to suck eggs next one is drink water when you wake up which I know crazy right the um every overnight you're you will on average lose one percent ish of your body weight which is why I tell you all to weigh yourself first thing in the morning um, because if you do sometimes in the morning and sometimes not in the morning, your weights can be very inconsistent. Now, the, the body weight that you lose overnight is basically through breathing. Uh, it might be a little bit through perspiring, but it's mostly through breathing. Um, and you need to replenish that. And that is why most people, you know, when you wake up in the morning and you try, if you go to the gym and you train first thing in the morning, you feel really stiff, right? And you sort of like, you can't touch your toes, it takes your ages to loosen up and all that kind of stuff. It's because you're dehydrated, right? You drink some water, all the stiffness goes away you need to 
have some water in the morning. If you drink a litre of water, let's say if you weigh 100 kilos, you drink a litre of water. Um, first thing in the morning, you will get a natural uptick of energy, just like you would do if you were to have a coffee, right? Give it a try if you don't believe me. Big drink, make sure it's there, give it a second, and all of a sudden you will feel your energy start to pick up. The thing is, is that first thing in the morning, the second you wake up, you have this natural energy boost that you should be getting as the sun comes up, which is your circadian rhythm, um, which is your uh, cortisol and adrenaline kicking off and you getting going in the morning. This is facilitating that, okay? If you add caffeine in straight away, then kind of what you're doing is you're kind of muddying over all of that and then adding in some caffeine as well, which all the caffeine does is boosts cortisol and boosts adrenaline, right? So you're kind of doing the same thing twice. It's not going to double the amount you get. It's actually not going to give you that much of a benefit. So the, 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 the key thing here is make sure that you drink some water, wait for a bit, and then after a 90 minute period of being awake, if you want to have a coffee or whatever, then that's great. But ideally what you'd be best, the best, the most effective way to use coffee and to keep you focused throughout the day is to wait until sort of middle of the morning, 10, 11 o'clock. That's when people start to generally sort of tick down a little bit in terms of clarity of thought. And then what you do is you have a coffee, then it will actually give you a tangible uptick in terms of your focus. And then that will last you through the rest of the day. All right. Um, that would be my recommendation for how you should use caffeine if your priority is staying focused and making sure that you're, you know, on the ball throughout the day. OK, um, so have a go with the water um, and then see how you get on. Number eight of nine. Number eight is no caffeine after 2 p.m. Now, this one should be fairly obvious but I'll explain what's going on. So how much caffeine in my system is, is an interesting one. Let's say, for example, we have, um, it's 9 a.m., you have a cup of coffee, roughly speaking, if you go to like a, a Costa, Starbucks, whatever situation, and you get um, a latte or something like that, it'll have um, 100 milligrams or an Americano, um, it'll have 100 milligrams-ish of coffee. Now, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know already, uh, caffeine operates on a half-life, which basically means that if you have 100 milligrams and it's about six hours. So if you have 100 milligrams of coffee, six hours later, you'll have 50 milligrams of caffeine left in your system. Another six hours later, you'll have 25 milligrams of caffeine left in your system and onwards and onwards, onwards, which actually means the caffeine does hang around in your system for quite a long time. Now, <clears throat> let's say this is a normal situation. So you have first cup of coffee at nine o'clock, second cup of coffee at 12 o'clock, third cup of coffee at, at um at sort of three o'clock and we get to four o'clock in the afternoon or three four o'clock in the afternoon and we've got about 210 milligrams of, of caffeine in the system right now let's say that you then start to sort of it, it starts to come down at a half-life by the time you're going to bed you have 70 milligrams of caffeine left in your system that means that you have the same amount of you've got about one and a half espresso shots of caffeine left in your system as you're going to bed and you would never even consider, unless you're one of these people that has coffee after dinner, which I've never worked that one out myself, um, but you'd never have a, one and a half shots of espresso before you went to bed as a sort of a nighttime drink. But that's essentially what you're doing if you're loading up the caffeine in the morning. By the time you go to bed, you actually have 27 milligrams of, so you can see where this is going. You still have caffeine left in your system, right? We then repeat the process 
you have another three three coffees it picks it up and over time caffeine kind of builds up in your body because it never really goes away until you spend three four five days without drinking any caffeine you go to bed with caffeine in your system you don't sleep well you wake up feeling groggy you fix it with a coffee and repeat 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 so one thing i would recommend with this is is make sure that you take on board what we just said use caffeine intelligently secondly don't drink caffeine after lunchtime. So I'd say after 2 p.m., cut it completely. And then third piece of advice, if you want to improve your sleep, is to, I would say, try and take a couple of days off a week where you don't drink caffeine at all, or one or two days a week. One would be great. So no coffee, one day a week. That will allow your body to basically get rid of all of it, and you won't have this buildup. Two benefits. One are, if you feel like crap on the day that you don't drink coffee, then you really need to do it. Secondly, if you... Um, basically if if you actually allow your body to clear the caffeine out when you do drink coffee you'll get a much more benefit you'll get you'll be much less, more sensitive to it and the benefit will be much greater okay so take that into consideration and um and think about just use it as an, as an example and think about your own caffeine habits and and how you could possibly improve them to help you to sleep better and actually feel more naturally energetic more of the time last one is to be active now one of the things that we're constantly trying to do during the day in order to actually get a good night's sleep is that you need to build something called sleep pressure. Now, um, adenosine, and I'm going to try and be concise with this, is a neurotransmitter which is released throughout the day when you're awake. And what it seems to do is make you sleepy. Okay, so it's the blue line here which basically means that as you go through the day, your adenosine levels build up, build up until you get to a point where the um, there's basically the, the desire to sleep is, is sufficient that you feel sleepy, you go to sleep and then your brain clears it out as it sleeps, right? This is not the same as your circadian rhythm, which is basically your, your stress hormones as they go in a, in a cycle like this. What you can see is this, the, the circadian rhythm keeps you awake, which is what we're trying to stimulate with sunlight. Um, and making sure that you have some water in the morning and making sure that you're um, you're basically one of the things we're including in here is staying active. The more active you are, the more that you're going to basically help to keep you to to actually you've got to do something to get tired before you can really fall asleep. Um, the circadian rhythm keeps you awake and then it gets to sort of six, seven o'clock at night and it should fall off a cliff, immediately making this feel like you're really asleep really sleepy you go overnight it refreshes you start again and that's that's how you're going to be doing it now what can happen is if you again you're drinking too much caffeine you're not getting quality sleep you or you're and you're sort of you're sedentary and all that kind of stuff is that your sleep pressure doesn't actually build up and it's kind of levels all the time because it never really comes off never really comes down so one of the things that you can do which hopefully you're all doing now is you can make yourself more sleepy by doing exercise if you spend five days sitting at a desk looking at a blue screen and not moving your sleep quality is going to be worse than if you spend all day outside walking in the woods and doing all that kind of stuff that is it's obvious right so um keep yourself active um and and that's and that will help you as well so to give you a sort of to give you a summary we're going to go back to the beginning um we are going to say the first thing you need to do is you need to track your sleep okay so number one is track your sleep make sure that you are um, you're you're actually putting this um, you're putting this all down and you are adjusting things and, and making decisions on on an outcome basis like we do with everything okay the next one is 
make sure that you're consistent as you can possibly be with your sleep and wake time. It's never going to be perfect, but everybody has opportunities to improve. Everybody stays up too late occasionally and all that kind of stuff. So just be conscious of that. Third thing is get out in the morning before you go to work, get out in the morning or just be, make sure that every single day you spend at least 20 minutes outside. I know that sounds easy, but you'd be surprised how easy it is to miss. Um, the next one is try to keep dinner early, keep the alcohol out if at all possible um, and don't drink a whole bunch of water before you go to bed. Fifth one, install a blue light blocker on your phone and if possible, no screen time before you go to bed, all right? 60 to 90 minutes is, is optimal. Finish everything in the day. Give yourself realistic goals and make sure that you can get to the end of the day without leftover things to do. Plan your next day so that you know what you need to do when you wake up and you don't have to worry about how it's going to go. Drink 1% of your body weight in water when you wake up um, and then wait for at least an hour and a half after waking up before you have any caffeine. Stop drinking caffeine after lunch, ideally sort of 2 p.m. Obviously, it depends how, how late you stay up, but, you know, you can work yourself out on that. And then the last one is make sure that you stay active so that you can actually essentially tire yourself out and give yourself a reason to go to sleep in the evening, all right? If you actually manage to implement all of that, the outcomes are going to be pretty significant. I would say the number of people who actually do get perfect sleep all the time is none, right? So everybody has an opportunity to improve on this. What you're going to get is faster fat loss, as we said. Your body will process the calories you eat more effectively. Uh, you'll be more likely to put on muscle. You'll be more likely to basically control, control your body fat. And you will have much better control around your decisions around food. Mind will be clearer. There won't be great brain fog. Creativity will be improved. That's one of the biggest things. Uh, if that's an important thing for you in terms of being able to solve problems, that's the biggest thing that having sufficient sleep has been shown to, to improve. Um, and, and memory, to be able to actually lay down memories. So if you're studying, um, improved productivity, you will be more effective, more efficient, faster recovery, which means that effectively you'll be able to get, get over your training more quickly, um, push faster, get better results, get get it more quickly and then lastly the hot topic at the moment is better mental health everybody knows that if you sleep enough um you your you know your mood will be better your your attitude will be better your mental resilience will be better um and all that kind of stuff and it's it's very it's really i think important to, to note that it's stress plus recovery that results in growth whether that be um you know in your personal life whether that be in the gym or whatever Stress on its own without adequate recovery just breaks you down. You need to have a stimulus that breaks you down and the recovery that builds you back up again. So um, take this one into account. Have a nap like our little dog friend here. Um, and then hopefully um, that will result in a lot better quality sleep, a lot better quality sleep and uh, hopefully much more of it. All right. Thanks very much. Cheers. And fun mouse.